celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. Gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Wednesday. It is the fifth day already of October 2022. That is 1052022. We welcome you to the show. That's your date, of course. And now we march on to the Breeders' Cup. We welcome everybody listening here where we emanate and originate all the Race Day Las Vegas radio programs from the studios over the airwaves, Sports Talk 1400 AM, where this morning... Looking out the window of the studio, the sun is starting to peek over the top of the building. The sky is blue, beautiful. The ground is dry, no wind. Pretty darn good day, huh? Starting out the week here in Las Vegas. Yes, pretty darn good day as well. As a matter of fact, with about 10 minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time here in Las Vegas, we start out at 72 degrees. Right now, 72 And we're going to get up to 95. The good thing about it is in looking all across the week, right until a week from tomorrow, we will be in the low to mid-90s. And by one week from tomorrow, Tuesday, we're only going to get up to 88 degrees. Sun shining, sky blue all the way through, no, no chance of precipitation in the foreseeable. And that's the way we start out here in Las Vegas, just in case you want to zip on up this weekend, take in some racing in the book, some, uh, of course, uh, football, etc. Beautiful day in our neighborhood. Now let's check out how the weather is across the country for those of you listening to us, not only across the country, but worldwide on our many different uh, platforms that we have and delivering our show like our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global. We got them all. The streaming there. And, of course, your devices, your iPhones, your Androids, with the app that you can get, the KSHP radio station app. Just go and uh, grab that, put that on your device, and you can hear us now streaming. And, of course, wherever you get your podcasting, we're there as well. So welcome to the Race Day Show, however, wherever, whenever. All right, it's a a very interesting and getting to be a very, it's going to be a jammed up week because now we are on the cusp. We are on the uh, home stretch for the run to the Breeders' Cup. Now, you know, in case you have been living somewhere, 
hermetically sealed, that the Breeders' Cup is November 4th and 5th. Now, we are already into the 5th day of October, which means it's a month away. The Breeders' Cup will be run on November 4th and 5th, Friday and Saturday. Uh, and so that means we are 30 days away from the Breeders' Cup. 30 days, 2 hours, 15 minutes, and 28 seconds and counting, if you really want to be exact. And so, coming up this weekend will be the final series of Breeders' Cup win-and-you're-in races. Okay? And, of course, Keeneland is going to start on Friday. Keeneland is the host track this year of the Breeders' Cup, so it's an important meet to get underway. And we will be talking about that and the last thrust of all Breeders' Cup win-and-you're-in races coming up with John Lindo a little bit later on in the show. Now, as you know, today is a Jewish, uh, today is continuing a Jewish holiday. Yom Kippur started at sun, uh, sunset yesterday. And so uh, we won't have uh, Jonathan Hardoon or Jerry Jackowitz on the show today. We don't have uh, Santa Anita running, so that means that Rich Ang won't be here. And we don't have Woodbine either, so uh, Tommy Masses won't be here. So I took the opportunity today, and we want to wish everybody uh, of the Jewish uh, descent a warm holiday in observance of Yom Kippur. But I, I took uh, the liberty now for today's show of having John Lindo join me for most of the show to talk about uh, the Breeders' Cup, what's coming up, etc., Keeneland Racecourse and how to uh, attack the races there at Keeneland. And, of course, all the Breeders' Cup winning are in races, uh, the latest news, and what's going on in Southern California because Santa Anita is going to have a bunch of Breeders' Cup winning are in races there as well. So we're going to have a good conversation about that. want to remind everybody, as we do, that John will be part of uh, two handicappers. John Lindo, of course, the in-house handicapper at the South Point. And Jonathan Hardoon, who will be flying out here and joining us in a Breeders' Cup seminar. The South Point uh, Breeders' Cup seminar. And we invite you to join us because it, we have uh, put it in a really great um, setting. No longer is it in the book. It is now in the Grand View Lounge, which is adjacent to the race book about five feet or so from the race book, right next to it. And we'll be doing the Breeders' Cup seminar with John and Jonathan on Friday night after the first of the two-day Breeders' Cup championships on the 4th of November. Around 6 o'clock, we'll get started, go over the races, etc., do a little question and answer. But the Grandview Lounge is really neat because it is really a lounge for entertainment. So you'll have... Uh, Seating like uh, you would have seating in a lounge. Get this spread out, uh, whatever you need on the uh, seating at the tables, etc. And we'll be on stage doing this. It's a great uh, setting and a great atmosphere for the big championship uh, seminar. And it's free. So we invite you to come down, put it on your calendar, come on down. And for those of you who are coming into town to enjoy the Breeders' Cup with us, not only that Friday, the day one of the Breeders' Cup, but also day two of the Breeders' Cup on Saturday the 5th when they open up the ballroom so we can enjoy the races and the big championship day there. 
all free to you. And if you're coming into town, as many have already contacted us, and you still say, you know what, I haven't made my arrangements yet. Got to got to get arrangements. Listen, um, they have extended us here at race day a special Breeders' Cup room rate package for the people listening to the show that want to come in. So we'll give you the number in a minute, but you call in and you say, listen, I heard I want to come in for the Breeders' Cup. I want the Breeders' Cup special Breeders' Cup room rate package. I heard on race day, and they will accommodate you. Now, that number, toll-free, is 866-780-7223. 866-780-7223. You come on in, and we'll have a, we'll have a good time. Breeders' Cup at the South Point. Friday, the 4th of November. Saturday, the 5th of November. A great way to uh, spend and enjoy Breeders' Cup. And it's going to be a great championship. You know that because now, now day by day, hour by hour, work out by work out every Saturday morning, the interest in flight line is, is just boiling right now. And we have heard from the connections that life is good is going to be pointed to the Breeders' Cup Classic. That means he and Flightline are going to do a throwdown with others in the main event. So that's going to be good stuff. we got 30 days until we start the uh, Breeders' Cup event on November 4th. First day of Breeders' Cup, that evening the seminar. The next day on the 5th, the big day of racing that includes, of course, the climax of the whole thing, the classic with Life is Good, Flightline, and others. Wow. Mm. Okay. Just want to get that out there for you. Good stuff. Um, now, before I get uh, to go to the first break, we'll give you the menu and all that. It seems like uh, closing weekend at Churchill Downs this past weekend. Now, remember, we're waiting for Keeneland to open on Friday. Uh, no racing. Churchill wound up on Sunday. And then, of course, uh, Keeneland will kick in with the Breeders' Cup meet that starts on uh, Friday. Okay? Now, here's the deal. If you remember correctly, the uh, the end of the uh, Breeders' Cup uh, day of uh, racing as far as uh, the preps were concerned at Churchill featured the Lewis, uh, Lucas Classic grade two and it didn't end with that thrilling driving finish between Hot Rod Charlie and Rich Strike because right after the race uh, you know you saw the head on of uh, the event now Hot Rod Charlie wins the race anyhow comes back and wins in deep stretch but uh, jockey Sonny Leon, as you can see by the head-on, was leaning all over Hot Rod Charlie on Rich Strike. He first, uh, as was witnessed by the head-on, banged into Happy Saber, who finished off the board. And then as he went stride for stride with Hot Rod Charlie, he was leaning on him to the point where Hot Rod Charlie lost the lead but fought back and won. He says... Leon does, that his saddle slid out of place. And he was leaning on Hot Rod Charlie and in the lap of Tyler Gaffleone at the end to try to, you know, stay on the horse. However, he didn't fall off when they uh, were pulling up and Rich Strike had moved away from Hot Rod Charlie 
pulled up on the race. It was fine. So anyhow, since then, Sonny Leon and his ride in the Classic and the fallout from it continues. Now, he got a 15-day suspension for that. 15-day suspension he got from the Kentucky Stewards for that incident. Now, a couple of days later, some photographs of the race materialized on social media that appears to show Hot Rod Charlie with uh, what they call uh, stickers, which are little like cleats on the end of their uh, hooves, on his front hooves. Uh, Because this, you know, they were taking pictures of this race all the way through, and as he coiled up and reached out, uh, you could see, because it was off the ground when he was reaching out, a little protrusion in the front of the hoof of the horse. And right next to it, since they were stride for stride, was also Rich Strike that didn't have one on his front hoof. So, several members of the racing media and further inspection of the images taken by uh, photographer Jenny Doyle and Matt Woolley of Eclipse Sportswire appears to show the eventual winner wearing toe grabs or little cleats in his front hoofs. That is a violation of state and federal regulations. So now we got a new controversy. Uh, Eric Reed, trainer at Rich Strike, then had his attorney meet with the, with the photographer. And then he said, after witnessing the photograph, said this horse should be disqualified. Uh, the, however, Kentucky Horse Racing Commission on Tuesday afternoon with the appeal filed by Reed on behalf of this had no comment. Later on, Doug O'Neill went on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, he posted on Tuesday that said he responded noting that he stopped using shoes with toe grabs long ago. And he said he would swear on a stack of Bibles that none of the horses in his stable were toe grabs. And so I guess do pitchers lie? So that thing's going to keep boiling and going on. Well, I would imagine that Hot Rod Charlie is still pointing towards maybe the Breeders' Cup Classic with the flight line and life is good. And we'll wait and see what happens. This is going to shake out because... As you know, it's the Kentucky Racing Commission and their stewards that have to make a ruling on this. And Keeneland is in Kentucky, host of the Breeders' Cup. And we know what happened with litigation and all that other stuff with that Kentucky Racing Commission with the Medina Spirit Derby. So we are going to wait and see. This could be a another one of those. <laughs> I don't even want to go into it. But the controversy now continues with that and those two. All right. Hot Rod Charlie, by the way, got the highest buyer figure of the weekend, 101. His win was 101 buyer. Defunded 
in winning the awesome again out at Santa Anita on, uh, well, I believe that was Saturday. Uh, he uh, defunded, got a 99, and Life is Good's win in the Woodward got a 97. By the way, the winner of the ACAC at uh, Churchill Downs, which is also a Breeders' Cup prep race, Senor Buscador got a 98. Some buyer figures over the weekend there. But we have a total of 13 more Breeders' Cup win in your ra win races coming up throughout this weekend, starting with the Friday opener at Keeneland. Okay, three Breeders' Cup win in your race races at Keeneland on Friday, the Alcibiades, the Jasmine, and the Phoenix that got fields of 8, 16, and 14, respectively. So there's 13 Breeders' Cup winning your end races to go. Now, on Friday, Keeneland will have three. On Saturday, Belmont and Aqueduct will have one. Keeneland will come back with three more on Saturday. Santa Anita has three more on Saturday. And then on Sunday, to wrap it up, uh, Belmont and Aqueduct will have one. Keeneland will have three more. So Keeneland's loading up. They'll have nine of the 13 Breeders' Cup winning your end races left over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at Keeneland. A big weekend coming up at Keeneland on opening weekend there. <clears throat> and, of course, at Santa Anita, they will have, uh, Santa Anita is going to have, of course, Breeders' Cup winning your end for the two-year-olds. The American Pharaoh for two-year-olds. you ready for this? The American Pharaoh for two-year-olds, a Breeders' Cup winning your end, has six Baffert trained horses pointing for that race. Cave Rock, Newgate, Carmel Road, having a meltdown, National Treasure, and Hajazi are all pointing for the American Pharaoh. Six two-year-olds going in that. That's Breeders' Cup winning your end for the juvenile. And then on, in the chandelier for the two-year-old fillies, he has uh, two of the top favorites in that race, Fast and Shiny, and Home Cooking. So Baffert is loaded for the uh, races for two-year-olds this weekend. And on Sunday, an interesting Bell Dame stakes because Nest, top three-year-old filly in the country, she's going to take on older mares for the first time in her career in the Bell Dame on Sunday. So this is going to be a great, good weekend for many different reasons, that's for sure. All righty. I'm going to go to a break. When we come back, I'll give you a racing menu, and then we'll bring in John Lindo a little bit later on, right, right after the uh, menu, and we will start talking about all this good stuff. But it seems like another controversy at Kentucky. Oh, my, my, my. We'll be right back. Don't go away. NASCAR weekend returns, and it's going to be much cooler. October 14th through 16th for the South Point 400 NASCAR playoff race. Kids tickets are just $10 on Sunday, free on Saturday. And 
Friday is free to everyone. That's right, everyone. Never been to NASCAR? Try it. We promise you'll like it. Concerts, camping, kids, fun. We have everything to make the experience one for the memory books. Las Vegas Motor Speedway, October 14th through 16th. Eight left in the playoffs when they come to Vegas. Who will take home the win? Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all right well we got all that stuff out of the way and uh, like i said uh, it's going to be an interesting breeders cup but today let's go to the menu of racetracks available for those of you wanting to play the races, 10 uh, tracks on our racing menu today. Of course, the major tracks, you know, Aqueduct, Santa Anita, Keeneland, they don't start until later on in the week, but uh, plenty of good stuff to happen, that's for sure, today if you want to participate in some racing. And so we will begin your menu if you are ready for today's races. And, of course, we remind you, first post times are that of the Pacific Time Zone. So if you're listening here in Vegas at Sports Talk 1400 AM, these will be the first post times that roll out in your race books. We are in the Pacific Time Zone. Everybody else listening on phone apps, on websites, podcasting, if you're not in the Pacific Time Zone, adjust to it. Otherwise, you'll miss something. I don't want you to miss anything like I miss mom and dad, okay? Here, then, the menu for today. Ten racetracks on the docket. Boom. We begin with uh, Delaware Park. Delaware Park's first post time is 9.30 today, 9.30 at Delaware Park. After that, at 9.55 comes Parks Racing. Now, Parks Racing yesterday, the pick five jackpot for 50 cents was the highest payoff in the nation. 9,406 bucks yesterday at Parks Racing. All right. That was the pick five jackpot yesterday. More than one ticket had it, though. So your pick five jackpot carryover today stands at $59,622. Pick five jackpot at Parks Racing, first post time, 955. Then we go to Finger Lakes. Finger Lakes is next. They have a pick six carryover. This is a regular pick six carryover. $3,187 and a first post time of 1010 at Finger Lakes today. Following that comes Presque Isle Downs, their first post time at Presque Isle, 10.30. After that, 
Horseshoe Indianapolis will kick in at 11.30. Their pick six jackpot carry over $6,016. First post time, 11.30 for Horseshoe Indianapolis. And then we go to, well, where is, oh, there it is, uh, Zia Park. <laughs> Zia Park is next. They're back on the menu. First post time, 11.30 at Zia. Following that, we go to 255. That'll be the kickoff of Delta Downs. Delta Downs first post time, 255. Then uh, Penn National kicks in at 3 o'clock this afternoon. 3 o'clock first post at Penn National. Charlestown will uh, start at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. first post at Charlestown today. Charlestown's first post time with a pick six jackpot carryover of 78,826 bucks. Yeah, first post time, Charlestown, 4 p.m. And then we wrap up the 10 race uh, card today, 10 track card on your menu with uh, Remington Park. Remington Park's first post time is 5.05. That is your menu of racetracks available today in the racebooks, simulcast centers, and racetracks around the country. Now, of course, as I say with uh, John and, and Jerry, uh, Jonathan and Jerry off, uh, observing their holiday, and of course, uh, no racing at Woodbine, so Tommy's not with us. We get a chance to do, chew a little uh, fat and a little time with uh, Mr. John Lindo. John, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How you doing? I'm doing fine. You getting ready for the Breeders' Cup seminar? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, taking notes, keeping track of everything. We'll get a, a, another really good read this weekend with all the Breeders' Cup prep races and the track where the Breeders' Cup is being held, Keeneland. You know, we should have good weather there all week, so We'll see how that main track and that turf course look going into the start of the meet. Well, I know one thing for sure. Uh, they got 14 entered for the Alcibiades for the uh, two-year-old fillies. Uh, and that, of course, opening day, one of the three Breeders' Cup winning or in races opening day on Friday. But, boy, I got to tell you, back at Santa Anita, Baffert is loaded. He could have half of the American Feral field. <laughs> well, he's planning on running three. Uh, the entries will be drawn today for Saturday for the American Pharoah. Uh, from what I understand, Bob Baffert is planning to run uh, Cave Road, who won the Del Mar Fraturity. Mm -hmm. He's going to run the, the 3.55 Maiden Hajazi. Mm -hmm. And he's also going to run Newgate in the American Pharoah at Santa Anita. He's running a couple horses in the Breeders' Fraturity at Keeneland. I understand entries are being taken, taken today there. Mm. He is planning to run National Treasure, who was very game-breaking his maiden, at uh, Del Mar, and also Carmel Road, who looked really good uh, stretching out around two turns down at Del Mar. So those are his two uh, options for Kentucky, three in California, and he's already got speedboat in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. Yes, he does, after the speakeasy win uh, over the weekend at Santa Anita. What about uh, having a meltdown? I didn't hear his name. Yeah, I, I, I think, and I, I, my impression is that they believe he's a sprinter. So I don't know if he's, he's going to try anything around two turns. I'm sure there'll be something on one of those Breeders' Cup undercards around two turns on dirt for two-year-olds. I mean, one-turn race for, for uh, two-year-olds on dirt. I would not be surprised if he showed up on an undercard race, but I don't think they are thinking Breeders' Cup with having a meltdown. Well, uh, and then, of course, in the chandelier for the uh, two-year-old Phillies, he only has two in the race, but the, both of them uh, probably be uh, close to favorite. I would think home cooking would be the primary horse for him there. Although, you know, I, I, the uh, two-year-old Phillies in California, to me, they weren't nearly as impressive at Del Mar as the two-year-old Colts. Mm -hmm. So somebody's going to have to step up. So we're going to watch that race really closely, the Alcibiades, on Friday at Keeneland mm -hmm. to see uh, what comes out of there. You've got horses coming down from New York 
and, and horses from the Midwest. So that that's a, a good mix down there to give us an idea what's back east. And uh, somebody's going to have to step up in California in the chandelier to, to make a dent against those fillies. And you got all the top trainers uh, really in the country right now having a horse in the Alcibiades. You got Mark Cassie with uh, Wonder Wheel. You got Brad Cox with Chop Chop. You've got Kenny McPeak with Stellar Lady. Chad Brown puts in Raging Sea. And uh, those are just the, you know, the, some of the ones from the inside. Kenny McPeak and uh, Graham Motion, uh, Mr. Biancone. So uh, Todd Pletcher is co- going with the Kaling. Uh, so uh, this will be even Dwayne Lucas has a horse in the in the race. Take Charge Brianna, which is a, a horse I think that they will uh, take some money as well. And yeah, you've got several fillies too coming off the turf at Kentucky Downs. So you're gonna have to figure out well, will they handle dirt? Uh, fillies like Towhead and Sabalenka. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know these are and uh, tax implications coming in from Mammoth. These are good fillies. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the Martin, the Jessamine. I'm, I'm talking about the grass races, uh-huh. but as far as the Alcibiades, you know, again, they come from all over the place. You're going to get a maiden stretching out, raging sea by Curlin. She's a filly that probably wants to go two turns based on her breeding. And, uh, you know, some horses uh, take charge. Brianna, you mentioned for Lucas, has to overcome post 12. A horse like Just Cindy, who was very good on the Kentucky circuit, mm-hmm. wasn't as good when she went up to Saratoga. As she gets back in Kentucky, maybe she perks up again. So, uh, again, 14 horses, uh, quick run to that first turn. It's going to be an interesting race. Yeah, there's not even a question about that. And, uh, you know, the sprinters, uh, really, uh, they'll, have a, uh, they'll have a go at it in the, uh, the Phoenix uh, on uh, Friday as well. And I guess uh, everybody will be looking at a special reserve, Tyler Gaffleone riding for Mike Maker. But uh, it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty balanced field of eight sprinters going in that race. It is. You know, Special Reserve won the same race, the Phoenix, last year, yeah. coming off a, a little bit of a layoff. I don't think he had, he had last raced end of July before he won the race last year. He had a start here uh, uh, early August this year, and he's had a little freshening again. So they're using the same pattern. Tyler Gaffleone again rides him. Sibelius has gotten very good for James O'Dwyer and, and uh you're going to see Junior Alvarado on him. He's won two straight by by open lengths, and and the win at De Pimlico was very good. We'll see if he matches up with these. Now they're both speed horses. The, the horse from behind, you probably have to watch is Necker Island, who's uh-huh. getting good for yeah. Chris Hartman. Those are the the main players in there. But Special Reserve, you look at the patterns, and it worked last year. He's the one to beat. And of course, the Jasmine or the Jasmine. Uh, I know that the track announcer they calls it the Jasmine. Nevertheless, it's the race for two-year-old fillies <coughs> on Friday, and this is the one that's on the turf. And uh, they got uh, a full field of uh, four, uh, sixteen going in that one. Yeah, the hard part about this one, Ralph, is uh, you know the changing turf conditions at Kentucky Downs. Mm-hmm. Some of them are coming off uh, uh, races where it was yielding and very, very bog-like. Some come out of very fast races. You know, I watched a lot of film on this race trying to get a line on it. And like you say, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out who's going to be the right one. This is a tough race. And, uh, um, you know, I think triple mean everything with with a big field going a mile on the 16th at, at, uh, at Keeneland. And uh, really, if you're playing the rolling bets in here, I think this is a spread race because these two-year-olds, uh, you know, it's a different turf course. They don't have any experience on it. Somebody could easily jump up, but you better be spreading this one because anything can happen. Yeah, no kidding. And, and uh, <clears throat> I, I uh, tabbed out a, an interesting uh, statistic that I think that we have to maybe take a second look and apply when uh, Keeneland starts on Friday. 
and this was on the Twitter account, so you have to take it with a grain of salt, but <clears throat> said that out of the 48 turf races run at Keeneland last year, 16 of them were won by horses that last raced at Kentucky Downs, and we know Kentucky Downs obviously is all turf, so we might have to take a, a good second look at the, the horses that have just raced at Kentucky Downs when they hit the turf at uh, Keeneland. Well, I expect that number to be strong again, just like last year there was uh-huh. no turf racing at Churchill Downs. Yeah. So if you had a, a turf horse in Kentucky, you, you ran at uh, Kentucky Downs or, you know, you went to maybe Ellis Park before that. Uh-huh. But you can't come in off a of Churchill off a of grass race because they didn't have any. So uh, I expect that number to be even higher as far as participants from Kentucky Downs. And they're going to win their share because those were, you remember, those purses were huge. Those fields were huge. Mm-hmm. You had to be you had to be pretty good to win a race at, in Kentucky Downs again this summer. Not even a question about that, that's for sure. But uh, 13, just 13 Breeders' Cup winning your in races left. That doesn't mean, of course, other horses that run these other stakes races can, of course, go to the Breeders' Cup. But the Breeders' Cup winning your in guarantees all everything uh, that you need to get there except the horse and all you got to do is say we're going and they pay for everything else there so it's going to be interesting to see these this final thrust this final weekend of prep races breeders cup winning your in races before the main event happens on the first weekend of november and of course we're all uh, anxiously looking every saturday morning now the crowd is getting bigger over at santa anita watching flight line do his thing yeah, he'll work again, uh, I think, uh, about 6.30 in the morning on Saturday. He's going to have a couple more works there. Then he'll have one out at uh, uh, Keelan, one, one work over the racetrack there before he runs. And from what I understood from John Sadler, the key works for him will not be this Saturday. It'll be Saturday the 15th and Saturday the 22nd. That's when he gonna, he's going to do his major work for the Breeders' Cup uh, Classic. So uh, I, I'm expecting another maintenance work probably around a minute, minute and change for five furlongs this weekend. And we'll see if he dials it up a notch a little bit in the next two works. I understand that that final work on the 22nd will be over the Keeneland racetrack, right? Oh, well, I think he'll have a work at Keeneland on the 29th. Oh, okay. That'll be the final weekend before the Breeders' Cup. But he'll go out there and he'll have one at Keeneland just to get over that track. But I think he's going to have three more works still at Santa Anita. All right, so that uh, that one at, uh, at Keeneland is more of uh, getting used to the racetrack and, uh, you know, uh, getting the lungs cleared out a little. Yeah, all the, all the major work will be done in California, and then he'll just be set to go and, and do a little fine-tuning in Kentucky. Boy, can you feel the tension starting to build up for that uh, Breeders' Cup Classic, though? Wow. Well, sure. I mean, you know, we saw life is good this past weekend. I, I wouldn't call that win impressive. It was workmanlike, but uh, I thought the whole key was after the race. Uh, one of the people interviewing Todd Fletcher asked him, okay, well, you know, you go into the Classic. Well, how do you beat a horse like Flightline? And Todd Pletcher just said, well, I think you have to take him out of, the, out of his game. He's never been behind horses before. Oh. I think we put our horse on the lead and make him come and get him. <laughs> and, you know, we don't know a flight line will rate. We know he's naturally fast. So at the very least, I, I think the first mile, this mile and a quarter, is going to be pretty darn quick. Why would he say the horse doesn't rate? If my uh, my understanding, uh, didn't he, didn't he, he wasn't on, he didn't break on the lead in the Pacific Classic. He got it going into the uh first turn into the backstretch because they were backing up everything and he was just striding out naturally he wasn't being used at all i think this horse can rate with no problem well i think the connections believe he can rate he just hasn't really done it yet right and because that's, uh, that's, there's that's nobody say. Yeah. but you know if you're trying to beat him you got to come up with a theory well we know if he's in front you're not going to catch him 
we, so we better take that away from him at least and make sure he can go past you. Uh, you know, and then who knows? Uh, you know, we have some some data from the the Breeders' Cup two years ago at mm. Keeneland where speed was very very good. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the, the front end was where you wanted to be on that main track two years ago. We'll see if it plays that way again this year. Well, even if he rates like a length or a length and a half off of Life Is Good, uh, I think that's enough ground no matter how speed favoring the track is to get him remember life is good i believe is not so much um whether he can take on flight line or not in the fact that he's got to do it at a mile and a quarter he had remember he uh, folded at a mile and a quarter overseas uh in uh, in uh you know in the desert there but um i think a mile and an eighth is probably his uh, his his most effective if at all well, okay, and I, I agree with you in general. I think that's true, but you got to remember this also, that that track at Maidan City in Dubai was so deep on Dubai World Cup night. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the way the track was playing was not conducive to his style. You come off a, a race in the slop at Aqueduct and, and even down at Saratoga, that track was extremely deep, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think these tracks are, are, are helping life as good at all. I think he's a horse that wants to hear his feet rattle like he did in the Breeders' Cup Mile at Del Mar last summer. Uh-huh. He's got to catch a lot faster track at Keelan than he's he's caught it in his last previous two three starts. He might be a better horse just because of that. Well, yeah, and that, obviously uh, the track will play uh, an important uh, factor in a race, especially when you're talking about horses that uh, perform the best on the front end. So what do you do now uh, with Defunded, who won the uh, you know the Awesome again? Uh, employing the same type of tactics. I mean, there's only so much uh, on the front end that's going to be occupied. It's easy. You you stay home. You you don't go. And uh, I don't think Bob Baffert has any intention of running defunded in the Breeders' Cup Classic. All right. That's a good deal there. That's for sure. You you know, there's plenty of uh, great races uh, left after and around the Breeders' Cup for defunded, who finally put it together in the awesome again. Uh, That's for sure. It's going to be an interesting contest, and I got to tell you that uh, we got to watch Flightline and everything he does because if there's one hiccup along the way, there'll be a lot of guys deciding to uh, take that uh, Breeders' Cup Classic chance, that's for sure. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, John, we'll take a a look at uh, what's happening not only at Santa Anita this weekend, but uh, taking a look at Kentucky and uh, certainly uh, Keeneland uh, for the opening there. And your thought about the Hot Rod Charlie and uh, Rich Strike situation in the Lucas Classic. Don't go away. We'll be right back. I've got some opinions on that. I'll bet you do. (laughs) We'll be right back. NASCAR weekend returns, and it's going to be much cooler. October 14th through 16th for the South Point 400 NASCAR playoff race. Kids tickets are just $10 on Sunday, free on Saturday. And Friday is free to everyone. That's right, everyone. Never been to NASCAR? Try it. We promise you'll like it. Concerts, camping, kids, fun. We have everything to make the experience one for the memory books. Las Vegas Motor Speedway, October 14th through 16th. Eight left in the playoffs when they come to Vegas. Who will take home the win? Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. 
Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. The Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All righty, continuing our conversation with John Lendo, but I do want to remind everybody out there, it is kind of a neat day of racing at Horseshoe Indianapolis. They've got four stakes races on today's card, four stakes races, and uh, purses of 100000 150000 includes the Cardinal, the Indiana Futurity for the two-year-olds, the Miss Indiana for the two-year-old fillies, and the Too Much Coffee Stakes as well, all at uh, Horseshoe Indianapolis today. And again, remember, they have uh, a bit of a carryover uh, in their pick six jackpot of $6,016. Well, uh, Cece did what she was supposed to do, uh, John. She won her prep race for the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare uh, Sprint, and I guess uh, in winning the Chillingsworth, so I guess that's her next stop. Yeah, that was the the intention all along, get get her back on the winning track, get a good prep, and uh, I thought she ran really well. Uh, she won that race handily, had something left at the end, and I think she'll go into the Breeders' Cup uh, Philly Mare uh, Sprint, uh, a live contender. Now, uh, Keeneland coming up. Uh, the Lindo Report, you said uh, uh, last week on the shows that uh, you're going to do kind of like a Jerry Jackowitz uh, schedule where you're going to do both Santa Anita and Keeneland for the entire Keeneland meet, correct? Yes, absolutely. I've already worked on the Friday card, and we'll wait for changes on that, and they'll draw Saturday today uh, with the 11 stakes races, most of them winning your ends this weekend. Uh, you know, we're going to be watching those and, and wagering on them anyway, so let's put together a handicapping report, and I'm looking forward to it. I, I'd like to play Keeneland. It's a fun meet every spring and every fall, and uh, uh, I'm going to be involved, so I'm, uh, let, let's get that information out to the people at the South Point. Well, we talked about the uh, turf uh, statistics from Kentucky Downs, but are there any other um, handicapping applications that you should apply unique to Keeneland? Well, I, I, again, it's, it's basic. I, I think Keeneland is definitely a horses-for-courses type of thing. Uh, the, the main track has a reputation for, for holding speed. There are days when it's tough to pass. Uh, there are those races like the flat mile where you have the short stretch, so you better be in position turning for home. And, uh, you know, guys that ride Keelan, uh, right, you know, the Gaffley owns and, mm -hmm. and the normal guys, you, you want to take a look at who they've got. And that turf course, uh, you can accelerate and pass horses there. Uh, it, you know, you save ground a little bit, but you can come down the crown of that racetrack down the outside, too. So uh, it's a very fair turf course that I think uh, closes have a very good shot to get the money at Keelan. A big, wide uh, uh, turf course it is at that, so there's, an, uh, you know, you can swing out at the top of the stretch, and there's plenty of room there. Also, the configuration of the main track, the home stretch, really, from the time you, you uh, hit the top of the stretch to the bar is a little shorter than other racetracks, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, you're not talking like Los Alamitos or, or, or anything like that. And it, it, it has a little bit of a Del Mar feel to it. You better be in position at the top of the lane. You can still come from off the pace, but you better not be seven or eight lengths out. That's just too much work to do on the main track at, at Keeneland. No question about that. And, of course, uh, their betting menu a little bit different than Santa Anita? Uh, a little bit. Uh, the good part is they're, they're, they're two pick fives. Both of them have a 15% takeout. Uh-huh. And the one wager that's unique to Keeneland is they have a, a $3 minimum turf pick three, and it's the last three turf races every day. So it'll it'll vary which races it combines, I think, uh, for the opening day. I think it's races four, eight, and ten. Mm-hmm. But, again, that's a 15% takeout wager. Uh, in general, the takeout rates are very, very uh, competitive at Keeneland. But, you know, we try and point out on the Linda report which ones feature the lower takeouts in general because that's the best uh, value for the wagering public. Yeah, absolutely. No question about that. They lower the takeout, and we have to sp- support that. Uh, by uh, playing into those pools and letting the tracks know that uh, the customers like the lower takeout, obviously. Uh, Okay. Hot Rod Charlie, Rich Strike. We saw the race. We saw the head-on. We know the disqualification. I mean, we know the suspension, not a disqualification, the suspension of uh, Sonny Leon. And now pitchers show up that looks like there's grabs uh, on the front of uh, Hot Rod Charlie, which is a no-no in Kentucky. A lot of stuff happening there. Well, let's talk about the ride first. Uh, yeah. You know, watching the race, you could tell they got in tight down the lane, and it wasn't until you see, see the head on how much uh, the Leon was on the left side of his horse leading in. They kind of really, you know, using his elbow to try and, and, and stop the momentum on the inside with Hot Rod Charlie. Um, now, after the race, he tells everybody, well, the saddle slipped. But if you again, you mentioned earlier, Ralph, on the gallop out, horses pulling up. If that saddle slip, he'd have a tough time pulling that horse up and staying balanced on the horse. Well, he was just standing up normally. It looked like the strips on both sides were equal distance, and, yeah. and he got his horse pulled out without a problem. Mm-hmm. So that tells me one thing. And then uh, you have guys who, who know a little bit about this stuff, guys like Gary Stevens and uh, Richard Migliori, mm-hmm. who are doing analyst work now on television, horse racing television, and mm-hmm. both of those guys just thought it was flat-out dirty. Uh, I'm inclined to, to believe you know, what they have to say. They, they've been there and done sure. that. So. And then the other part, when it came to the, uh, the stewards, you know, when they had their hearing after the race before they suspended Leon, mm-hmm. he didn't bother to show up to defend himself. So, you know, if he really felt strongly that, hey, this wasn't my fault, I would think you would go in there in the hearing and explain his side of the story. Well, he didn't bother to show up. So, you know, uh, just looking at everything in general, I, I kind of think this was just flat-out dirty dirty riding. Look, uh, you know, having uh, galloped horses in another lifetime, but I defer to the guys who are actually in competition and great jockeys at that that are doing the analysis that just tell you that uh, what happened, what he said happened, and and with the pull-up afterwards just doesn't shake out. Yeah, you look at everything just, you know, from an unbiased standpoint, and and it doesn't add up. Your saddle slips. It doesn't unslip when you're pulling up. It keeps slipping. Oh, it gets worse because you're trying to stop the horse from pull the horse up and stop the momentum. Exactly. So now we got that. Now the deal with the pitchers with Hot Rod Charlie. Well, okay, uh, when horses get to race, about 45 minutes before they run, they mm-hmm. go into a receiving barn where they gather the horses for a race before they go to the paddock to be saddled. Exactly. At the receiving barn, when you go there, Ralph, you know yeah. they have a horse identifier who checks the tattoo or the microchip on the horse to 
say that this horse is the, 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 the horse, horse that's supposed to run. Right. And they also check the shoes. They, they do. lift the horse's feet up, and they go over every shoe to make sure they're, they're properly shod. You know, turf horses before, they were wearing the wrong kind of shoes for the turf. They'd make them, they'd scratch them or make them change the shoes. Right, and, and we've seen that, rules. too. We've seen that where they were scratched because right. they had the wrong shoes in the, uh, when they, uh, you know, went to the receiving bar. Right. So in August, the rules all changed where you cannot use a rim or a toe grab on these, on these horses' front legs. So, again, the, the horse identifier passed this horse. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm guessing right now, I haven't heard any, I didn't hear anybody interview the horse identifier to -hmm. say, hey, did you pass this horse and were the shoes correct? Until I hear something from that side, I'm going to sit this one out. But, you know, my gut feel is I know we can't use those kind of shoes in California where where Doug O'Neill is based. Mm -hmm. Does he think he's going to sneak one by in Kentucky? I don't think so, especially with the way these HESA rules are right now and they're, they're looking to you know to put these guys on the bench and not not let them run. So uh, I, I'm my gut feeling is that you know a photograph is one thing, but you got to get up close and know. And yeah. I, I just I'm not buying it at this point. My my gut feeling is he's innocent until somebody says he's guilty. And he had to defend himself on social media, telling everybody that he you know they just don't do it anymore, etc. Now this is a, a new HISA regulation, is it not? Yes, they, they had delayed this whole shoe change a month. It was supposed to go in July 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lack of these type of horseshoes when they were switching all these shoes out around the country. Uh-huh. So they had to wait till August to implement this. The horsemen all know it. They know what the rules are. And uh, so, you know, once these things have gotten going, and I know they're real stringent about it in California. They won't let you run if you're wearing any kind of toe grab or, or mud nail or anything that would help a horse get traction. And uh, that's why trying to keep these, these tracks not quite as deep to me uh, makes a big difference. If it gets too deep and you can't get any traction, right. you're just going to spin your wheels. But uh, for now, you know, the, the photograph, yeah, it, it's interesting, but it could just be dirt hanging on that horse's foot, you yep. know, from, from running. Yep. Who knows? And uh, you need more information. And you know, there's a lot of judge and jury on, on, yeah. on uh, social media. It sure is. And, uh We'll uh, rely on the fact that if there's, a, there's any type of discrepancy, it happened with the horse identifier in the receiving barn. One last thought. You think that uh, Sonny Leon should have did more studying on the horse that he was trying to beat because Hot Rod Charlie, you say, uh, is a hanger, and he might have been able to beat him square on. Well, that's the thing, Ralph. You know, watching the race, he ranges up on the outside. He's in the clear. He's got the momentum. He gets up to to, to Hot Rod Charlie, who we know mm-hmm. tends to run with horses, not pass them. And if you have the momentum, why create the problem by going over there and leaning on the other guy? You just get him mad. <laughs> yeah. And Hot Rod Charlie will fight you. Yeah. If you get him mad, he surges a little bit and you get beat. I think he, if he just would have kept his course in the clear, put his head down and rode to the wire, Chances are maybe that photo goes the other way. Oh, boy. Never ends in horse racing, that's for sure. But we will continue to try to play, handicap, and enjoy this great sport of kings. I want to thank you so much, John, for uh, spending the hour with me. I think we uh, broached a few uh, good things along the way. And and certainly, you know, it's nice to have these type of days where you can sit and talk with uh, the handicappers more or less than just getting picks from them. Uh, because of the uh, constraints we have on the show and the time limits we have. But it was a great conversation. I want to thank you so much, and uh, we'll get back to business tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, you can say it. 
Have a great race day, everybody.